Welcome everyone to another hot stove edition of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. I am Terry Cushman and tonight I am actually flying solo. The rest of the crew uh, apparently busy, you know, and kind of goes without saying this is the busiest time of year as far as family goes. But I got plenty to say. A big part of uh, this episode, we'll be talking about the Justin Turner signing, uh, which happened just a few hours ago, Uh, how he'll fit on the team, and uh, I'm going to talk about some other stuff beyond that, and I'm probably going to have a bit of a rant on Bloom as well. If I sound a little funny, I am recovering from a mild fever. Uh, today's the first day. I haven't been running a temperature though, but um, still very congested, you know, runny nose, um, cough. So uh, I'll probably only be with you here for about 20 minutes, but I'm going to pack it full here. All right. So again, big news of the day. Justin Turner has now signed a two-year deal with the Boston Red Sox. He comes from the Los Angeles Dodgers, has been there for several seasons. I want to say at least the last six or seven years. So he's been part of that dynasty that makes the playoffs uh, year after year, won the World Series in 2020, caused a controversy that night as well by uh, apparently testing positive right as the game got won and then violated COVID protocols and uh, went and celebrated. And I don't blame him because it was literally probably the greatest moment of his life. And they were outside. And I thought he should celebrate. So uh, he didn't face any disciplinary action, though, despite uh, some uh, mild outrage. But anyway, so well, I don't really hate that signing. I, I, I don't love it either. Turner is 38 years old. Uh, he turned 38 uh, about a month ago, late November. And I don't expect him to be terrible. Basically, uh, m- m- the bar I'm setting for for Turner is I, I expect him at a minimum to be slightly better than mediocre. Okay, so I, I don't think he's going to be a game changer. I don't think he's going to be a heart of the order guy, regardless if they put him there or not in, in the four or five hole. I think he's more of a six or seven hole hitter at this point in his career. And the reason why I don't love it is this. The three key free agents Heim Bloom has signed this winter are age 35 and above. You got Kenley Jansen, 35 years old. Chris Martin, who's going to be probably our setup man behind Jansen. He's 36 years old. Turner, like I said, 38 years old. Chris Sale's going to be 34 right before opening day. James Paxton, already 34 years old. If you want to add in picking up Brazier's contract, he's going to be 36 at some point this season. This is an old team. And another reason why I'm frustrated here is this is the fourth winter 
Heim Bloom has been the top executive in the Boston Red Sox front office, and he hasn't dealt out a contract more than uh, for three or more years other than Trevor Story. He's the only one. Everybody else has gotten one or two year deals, and this isn't what I envisioned when Heim Bloom took over. I figured long by now we're gonna be we're gonna be signing players in their prime, or we're going to be trading for players in their primes. And we're not getting that. We're getting these retread guys. We're patchworking these rotations together. And it's extremely frustrating. Like it's extremely frustrating. I'm probably in the minority here. I would have preferred JD Martinez, who is three years younger than Justin Turner. And you could have had him for one year. But you signed Turner three years older to a two-year deal. Turner can opt out after that first year if he wants to. But, you know, we'll see. I don't know how much incentive he'll have to do it since the second year is going to be worth $11 million. Here's another thing that frustrates me. Masataki Yoshida and Justin Turner... Those are you're basically hoping these guys can replace the production of Xander Bogarts and JD Martinez. And I'm not just talking 2022 Bogarts and JD Martinez. I'm talking about their you know, their average of the last 4 or 5 years. That's what you need. You you need these two guys, Yoshida and Turner to basically give you at least 80% of what those other two guys gave you. And I just, I don't know what Turner has left. And Masataki Yoshida, as I said a couple episodes ago, is a giant mystery. There's only been four position players from those Asian markets that have ever been notable, that have ever been impressive. Two of those guys, Shohei Otani, almost a lock for Cooperstown, barring something catastrophic. Ichiro Suzuki, another, you know, Cooperstown guy. And then you got Hideki Matsui and, and Shinsu Chu. And the latter wasn't super great, but he, he had a few years that were very good. Those are the only four that have ever done anything offensively. And we just committed $90 million to Yoshida. I, it's just, it's a huge gamble. If we had an outfield that had 2018 Mookie Betts and 2018 Andrew Benintendi, I'd be fine with Yoshida. But the problem is, is we have Kike Hernandez, who's been up and down in his career, missed a, a bunch of time last season, and Alex Verdugo, who's, you know, a little bit better than than mediocre. The only thing super great about Verdugo is he doesn't strike out a lot, but not a power guy, not an extra bases guy. He's not going to steal a bunch of bags. And, you know, this just isn't a great outfield. So I'm generally frustrated uh, with this Red Sox team. Let's go back to Turner and Martinez real quick. If anyone in the audience is kind of weighing right now between which of the two are better, these are their last year numbers. Turner hit 278. JD Martinez 274, pretty close there. 
Turner had an on-base clip of 350. J.D. Martinez, 341. Pretty close there. Justin Turner, 13 home runs. J.D. Martinez, 16 home runs. Turner, 81 RBIs. J.D. Martinez, 62 RBIs. But it should be noted, the Red Sox never really had a solid leadoff man in front of J.D., the two hole was constantly in flux, you know, story couldn't really do it. And he was injured anyway. Uh, Alex Verdugo was in and out of that position. Um, you know, in the last couple of months, they had Tommy Pham hitting up there. Not a lot of traffic in front of JD Martinez to drive guys in. But the, the one big difference between the two, uh, Justin Turner, 36 extra base hits, uh, JD Martinez, 44. And the league lead in extra base hits was just four more than that with uh, Freddie Freeman. So J.D. hits four more extra bases. He ties the MLB, all of MLB. So while the the home run numbers were down, the the power numbers still uh, weren't bad. So I, I, again... I don't hate the Turner signing. Here's another thing that frustrates me, though. Bloom never really keeps the good players that ended up working out pretty well. A couple examples of that, uh, Hunter Renfro traded him away. Renfro like exceeded everybody's expectations and, and then basically followed it up this year with the Brewers. He's with the uh, Angels now, which... I think it's kind of crazy that nobody wants to commit to him, but Renfro was pretty good. Uh, Michael Waka from a pitching aspect, I guess he could come back, but there just doesn't seem to be a lot of momentum there, but exceeded expectations big time, could be had pretty affordably. Bloom doesn't seem to be interested. Uh, I know I'm forgetting uh, at least, oh, Kyle Schwarber, obviously. No interest whatsoever in Kyle Schwarber. Led, I think, the National League in home runs last year with, I think, right around 40. And it's just frustrating. So we keep the bad ones like Brazier. And we've had some whiffs, you know, Garrett Richards, Martin Perez, um, Franchi Cordero in a trade. Again, we're not going after players. Excuse me. I have a cough drop in, so I'm trying to keep that at a minimum. But we never go after players in their prime. We haven't made, outside of, I guess, Schwarber, we haven't really made a, a real notable trade that of an impact player basically in their prime. So it's frustrating. The only uh, two things that I'm really looking for at this point I'm assuming Trevor Story's going back to shortstop. My co-host may disagree, but I think that was the plan the whole time. And so we're going to need a second baseman. Gene Segura, pretty solid middle infielder for the Phillies, could be a potential option. Another guy that doesn't fit quite as well as is, is, uh, Jerks and Profar. I love the player, though. Can play. He can play first base, second base, corner outfield. Lots of versatility there. Um, not a huge, uh, um, you know, as far as batting average, but tends to be pretty clutch. Has 
a decent amount of pop and, um, you know, uh, just a great clubhouse guy and, uh, you know, spent a, the last few years with the Padres. The, and the reason why he's not a great fit is he is a switch hitter, prefers to hit uh, left-handed against righties, and we're just so lefty-heavy right now. You got Verdugo in one corner of the outfield. You got Yoshida in the other corner now. You got Casas in one corner of the infield. You got Devers. We just DFA'd Hosmer, so that is one less lefty. But that also makes me wonder if they may trade Verdugo, who I think has one or two years left of arbitration. There was some rumors of that uh, earlier in the offseason. But um, still on the roster, but you can't have four lefties in your lineup. You're just going to get destroyed by bullpens if you do that. So Casas is an everyday player. So will Yoshida and, of course, Devers. So it wouldn't surprise me if you see a one-for-one trade. Maybe, you know, if I'm wrong about Segura and Profar, maybe you trade, you know, Verdugo for someone who has a lot of infield depth and, you know, and maybe they need an outfielder. So you might find a dance partner there. You know, maybe you package him up for someone who has a surplus of starting pitching and, uh, you know, attach a prospect or two. So I'd still be a little bit surprised if uh, Verdugo is, uh, you know, in the opening day lineup. I want to talk about Nathan Avaldi real quick. It's just becoming more and more clear that he has no market. Nobody's talking about Nathan Avaldi. Probably for a couple of reasons. Number one, they'd have to give up a draft pick to us if they sign him. Teams don't like to do that. Number two, his fastball velocity instead of 98-99 was down to 93-94 by the end of the season. And maybe even lower than that, uh, you know, as the games went on. I think it was dropping as low as like 91. So I don't think... I don't think teams are going to line up to sign him. So I, the Red Sox could very well be sitting there waiting for him to exhaust his market and then take that team-friendly deal they were hoping they could sign him to earlier in the year. I would personally hate that. I'm in the minority with my co-hosts on that. I just feel like you're not going to get a ton out of Chris Sale. He'll get injured or he'll suck and they'll put him on the injured list to cool him down a little bit, or maybe he'll go to the bullpen because what else can you do with him? James Paxton, another wild card when it comes to durability. And then you want to bring in a guy like Evaldi, who again, what is Nathan Evaldi without a 90, uh, an upper nineties fastball? What is he? Can he, can he still pitch effectively for a full season, you know, without that? And can he stay healthy anyway? <coughs> so, excuse me again. So, I think Bloom just really likes Nathan Avaldi, and I would probably be pretty surprised. You, you don't really hear the Red Sox connected to any starting pitching right now either. So, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he goes someplace else. He might have to literally wait until after the draft to sign because that's when teams won't have to give the pickup anymore. 
Um, that happened a, a handful of years ago uh, to Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell of all people. Nobody wanted to give Kimbrell, nobody wanted to give up a draft pick to sign Kimbrell, and he went on to pitch a couple more pretty good years after that, and still might, you know, going forward. So, um, so is what it is. <coughs> Again, I apologize. Last thing on the docket, Jeter Downs DFA'd this week. That was basically the corresponding move when uh, Masataka Yoshida was added to the roster. Uh, so uh, the Mookie trade already, well, I mean, I shouldn't say already, but it's looking worse by the day or by the year, however you want to look at it. Um he was basically one of the centerpieces of it. So it's basically up to Connor Wong now to be, you know, to basically exceed expectations. You know, Verdugo didn't quite get there. And Mookie Betts, aside from his career stats and, you know, all of the years he was in Boston, He's the most talented player I've ever seen, just, just with the eye test. You know, elite defender, elite bat, could steal bases. Checked off every box. He, he didn't have great postseason numbers, I guess. That, that was the big knock on him. But, I mean, was Ted Williams more athletic than Mookie Betts? I, I don't know. I don't know. And... Did Ted Williams, did pitchers attack him with the sets of analytics that Mookie Betts gets attacked with and is still one of the best we've ever seen? I, I don't know. I'm just saying the point I'm trying to make here is you you should have got a better package for what you gave up. You should have got, if not one automatic Hall of Famer in that deal, you should have got at least a perennial all-star for a while. We didn't get it. So, not looking good. You could argue that that trade helped us get Marcelo Meyer because you attached David Price. It got us below the, you know, the luxury tax, and that paved the way for us to pick fourth. So, not good, but uh, I am going to bail because I feel like I'm on the verge of a coughing fit. So, I just thought I would come on and give some thoughts. <laughs> So, epic struggle. I'm sure I'll be good by the next episode. If we're not on before uh, the holiday, though, everybody have a um, everybody have a safe holiday. Don't do anything stupid. Don't drink a 12 pack and then go to the store for another 12 pack. You know. So just be safe, and uh, I hope Santa is good to everybody. Uh, you know, I hope he's more generous than High Bloom. Because Bloom, the presents are uh, very mediocre this year. So everybody have a good one. Take care. <laughs>